Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We don't like awkward moments. We don't like awkward silences. We don't like awkward uh, uh, interactions. And, and we just don't like to be, uh, we just don't like to feel like um, things just didn't go right. We don't like to squirm in our seats. We definitely don't want to feel embarrassed by something. Kind of like, how about like um, the, the awkwardness of uh, running across somebody at this grocery store, right? You're, you're, you're at the grocery store, you're shopping, and then you go into this aisle, and then uh, on the other end of the aisle, there's someone's coming that you know. And at first, it's cool. You know, you're like, hey, good to see you, man. All the time, no see. You give him a, a bro hug, or you give him whatever, you know. You give the, your friend a hug, and you're like, it's good to see you. And then and you guys do some small talk. And, and, and when it's time to keep shopping, then that's when the awkwardness begins, because you're still shopping on the same aisle. You already said goodbye, and now... The rest of the two or three minutes that you guys are in the same aisle, you guys are acting like you don't know each other, right? You're just kind of avoiding eye contact, and you already said what you had to say, and then it's like, okay, I got to get out of here. And we don't like awkwardness. We don't. Or the other day, this happened to me. I went to go visit somebody at the hospital, and we came to a turn at the, at the hallway, and I thought I had to keep going straight, and they were going to turn, and I... I, I, I told him, God bless you. I was, I was glad that he, that, you know, he was doing great and, and everything. And we, we kind of said our goodbyes. And then I start walking my way and they go their way. Then I realize that I'm going the wrong way, that I still have to go with them. And it's kind of awkward, like, you know, I already said goodbye. I already said, you know, I already prayed for them. And here, oh, you know, I went the wrong way. And it's just a little awkward, right? We don't like feeling un comfortable. But some of the most awkward moments I believe that happen in our lives is when we're called out for something. When we're called out by somebody, when we're called out by someone. Back in March of 2009, my family and I, we went on a vacation to, to uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this place. I had never heard of it until we went. It was called, it's called Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And right next to Gatlinburg, there's another little town called, called Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And this place is just a all-out tourist. There is museums. There are uh, uh, these different things that happen during, uh, or different shows. There's all kinds of things going on for the people that are visiting from out of town. We stayed up in the mountains. It was beautiful. We had a great time. But we went, one of the nights that we were there, we went to a show at a place called the Comedy Barn. And we were excited to go, and we took the whole family. And lo and behold, we were able to get good seats. We sat on the front row, off to the right of the stage. And we're having a good time. And they're funny, you know, it's nice, clean fun. They're doing some juggling acts, some animal acts, and all is going well. And then all of a sudden, the, the performer, the person, the host, calls out a couple of kids 
And one of the kids, he calls out to the front, it's my son Nathan. And we're all cracking up. We're having a great time, and Nathan's a little bit, you know, he, he's not a big talker. He's a little shy, but he goes up there. He goes through his routine, and, and they take off his shoe, and the shoe almost makes the guy pass out. It was hilarious. Hilarious. And I'm probably making him feel awkward right now. But it was funny. But then the next act came up, and the next guy had the audacity to call me. He says, I need a couple volunteers. You, sir, wearing the blue shirt. I don't remember what I was wearing. I'm like, who? Me? Not Mike. It was okay when he got called out. It was okay when my, because I can laugh at him, but not, don't call me. It'll make everybody leave. I, I, I can't, I'm not that cater, I'm not that personality to go up there and have a good time. I told you guys, I'm a bit of an introvert. So out of the nearly 1,000 people in the auditorium, I get called out to go on stage. And it would have been cool if they just had taken my shoe off and pretended that, because my shoes don't smell, right? They just pretended that it smelled. But no, he said that you're going to be an integral part of the show. You're going to wear a chicken beak. So here I am. This is before I've ever preached, really. This is back in 2009. I'm not used to standing in front of crowds. He puts this big chicken beak-looking thing on my face. I can see the audience, kind of. There's some lights. And he says, I'm going to be saying some things. And he got another volunteer. So there was two of us. And he was standing in the middle. And you guys are my dummies. So the whole time, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. I've been called out. Now I'm being called a dummy. And he says, as I say and I pull on your mask, you need to act out what I'm saying. So, I'm nervous. I'm trembling. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if I'm going to pull this off, which I think is part of the whole thing. You know, if you have someone that just loses it up there, it's pretty funny. So I'm up there and I'm having to go through some motions. The crowd is laughing at me. The crowd is laughing at the other dummy. And the guys made, I mean, it was funny. It was. But from the moment that I got called out to the moment that I was put with a beak on my, on my face. And as I was acting out, I got a little more settled in. And as my wife would tell you and as my kids would tell you, I got a little more dramatic. I settled into the role. But at first, I didn't want to do it. It felt uncomfortable. It felt awkward. And I remember after the show, uh, my, we were mingling out in the back because we were going to buy the DVD because obviously we need to relive this. And we need to relive it and just laugh at, at Nathan and laugh at Daniel, right? And just have a good time and show it to everybody that comes over. So we're, we're waiting. And as we're waiting, the funny thing is that this kid, this young, young, young boy approached me and says, Hey, you were on that stage, right? I was like, yeah, I was on the stage. Where do you like me to sign? I wanted to start a line for autographs, right? All of a sudden, I realized, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was recognized. And the truth is, is that if you had asked me before the show, will I voluntarily go up? I would have said no. I won't go up. It makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel awkward. All eyes are on me. There is no way I'm too shy. 
I'm embarrassed. I've never done this before. I'm not a funny person. This is not for me. I wouldn't have chosen it for myself. But when I was called to do it, though it was awkward, though it was uncomfortable, I was able to do it. And in this series, we've been looking at a couple things that, that make us uncomfortable in our Christian faith. Situations, the calling of God. And I, I want you to understand that God has a purpose for our lives. And God will call us to that purpose. He will not just sit by the, on the sidelines while you waste your life away. God has a purpose for you and for me. And God will call you to that purpose sooner or later. But many times when we're called to that purpose, we push back. We're like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. That's, you're, that's not right. That calling is not for me. And as we read through the Bible and as we read to God, through God's word, we see over and over people that are called by God. And there are some that they just jump into it. But there are some that they just push back and they're like, I, I don't know. In Exodus chapter 3, we read the story of Moses and his calling. We read the story of uh, uh, of a man who had been through some things in his life. And in chapter 3, verse 1, we find God is about to do something for his people. We find God has heard the cries of his people. God has heard the prayers of his people. And he is about to start a movement. He is about to start a revolution. But he needs to call someone first. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, the word of God says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Verse 3. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why? Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Now you got to understand, I'm not going to take it for granted that you know who Moses is. I just want to give you quick context. Moses was born in a time when uh, Israel was in bondage to Egypt. Moses was an Israelite. And at the time Moses was born, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had made an edict that all young men or all babies that were male, were, that were born to the Hebrews, to the Israelites, were to be put to death were to be put to death. Moses was saved. His mom 
with great faith, put Moses out on the river in a basket. And, and if you've been in Sunday school, you've, you've heard this story, you've read this story. And uh, he goes along the Nile River, comes along to the palace where the Pharaoh lives and the daughter of the Pharaoh lives. The daughter finds the baby crying. And by divine providence, uh, God provides a way for Moses to continue living. And Moses comes to live in the palace, becomes as if he is Pharaoh's own grandson. He is a prince in Egypt. But then one day Moses sees the, sees the oppression of his people and he takes action. He kills an Egyptian uh, officer, an Egyptian guard. And he goes and he thinks that nobody sees him. The next day he finds out that yes, people saw that he had killed him. And now next thing you know, Moses is fleeing for his life. The Pharaoh wants to capture him, to kill him. Bible says that he went to Midian, he settled down, he got married, and in this point in the text, in Exodus chapter 3, at this point in the text, when God calls Moses, he's 80 years old. He is 80 years old. Now you have to understand, Moses went from being a prince in a palace to now when he's 80 years old, what is he doing? It says that he's tending the flock. It wasn't even his own flock. I don't know what business decisions he's made. I don't know what his life was like. The Bible doesn't say. But at 80 years old, he's not even tending his own flock. He's tending the flock of his father-in-law. And I don't know how Moses may have felt. I don't know. Maybe you felt this way. Maybe you're still tending to things that you felt like maybe it's, this should have been done with a long time ago. I'm working for somebody. I'm making somebody else rich. God put a dream in my heart. He put a business in my heart. But yet I still find myself in the same place I've always been. Tending to other people's business. And I think maybe Moses asked himself, like sometimes we ask ourselves, how did it come to this? Because when I was 20 years old and I wrote down my, my life map, I wrote down my life plan, that's, this is not what I had in mind. I never had in mind getting divorced. I never had in mind having kids and the kids being rebellious against us. I never had in mind losing everything I had financially and having to start. I never, how did I get to this point in life? How did it come to this? And I don't know, I don't know if Moses thought this way, but I do know that Moses didn't think very highly of himself. Because as God begins to call him, him and uh, God and Moses begin to have a conversation back and forth. And many times you and I, we find ourselves in these very same situations. We have no idea how we got here. And the Bible says that God put a bush that was burning in front of Moses. It looked like it was burning, but it wasn't burning. And many times God does the same in our lives. He begins to put things in our lives that calls our attention. And we begin to realize, what is that? Why am I feeling this way? Why is this frustration building up in my life? 
Why, why am I not, uh, I am not accepting my work situation? Why is it that I am unhappy all the time? And I want to submit to you that maybe, maybe, just maybe, that is God's burning bush in your life. The frustration you're feeling in this moment. The frustration you're feeling in that circumstance. God is calling you to something greater. But we're like Moses not knowing what to do. And finally, like Moses, we approach that, that thing that has caught our situation and we sit down, that has caught our attention and, and we sit down and we examine the situation. We examine everything that's going on. And the Bible says that Moses got close to the bush and God called him by name. He yelled, Moses, Moses. And as we keep reading in verses 5 through 9, God explains to Moses the reason why he's calling him. He says, I've heard the prayers of my people. I've heard the oppression. I've seen the oppression. I've heard the affliction of my people. And it's time for me to do something. And then in verse 10 of chapter 3, God drops the hammer on Moses and says, So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. To bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses is minding his own business. He's tending the sheep, making sure they don't get in any trouble. Making sure that he can give an accurate count to his father-in-law Jethro when he gets home. When all of a sudden, as he's minding his own business, maybe he's wallowing in his own, in his own self-pity. Maybe he's not feeling too good about himself. But in that moment of weakness, in that moment when he's tending to something that doesn't even belong to him, God calls him and gives him a mission. And see, many of us here, God has allowed for some frustrations to build up in our life. And not, let me tell you, church, not every frustration in life is bad. It's not. God will use the uncomfortable to push us to our purpose. That frustration, maybe that is God calling you to your purpose. That discomfort in your life, maybe it's time that you approach it and find out, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with this? Because God is still in the business of putting vision in people's lives. God is still in the business of giving you a dream, of giving you a purpose, of giving you a mission. In Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it says that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. God still speaks to us today, church. God still speaks to you. God still speaks to me. And God can speak to us through our frustration. God can speak to us through our discomfort. And see, many of us, we, we say, Lord, if only you would speak to, to me. If only I could hear. And if only you would lay out your plan where I could understand it clearly. Then, Lord. Then I would do what you ask. Because right now I'm, 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 I'm uncertain. I don't know where you want me. Do you want me to go left? Do you want me to go right? Do you want me to go north? Do you want me to go south? Where do you? I just don't know. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. If only you would speak to me. And see, here's Moses. 
The God of heaven, the God, the creator of this universe, calls him by name and tells him exactly what he needs to do. And most of us, you would think that, yeah, uh, let's go for it. Let's go. When do we start? When do I clock in? When, uh, when can I get started? I want to give my time. I want to give my life. And is this what Moses does? Well, let's keep reading. Immediately after the mission is given, verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? In this moment, even though God had called him by name, Moses questioned his qualification. Who am I? Lord, do you not see that what I'm doing? I'm tending sheep. And they're not even my own sheep. Have you not seen? I went through a divorce. Lord, did you not see that all my children have left me? Do you not see that I don't have a relationship with my parents? Do you not see all the struggles and the sin in my life? How in the world is it that you call me? Who am I? What are my qualifications? But that Moses doesn't stop there. He, he continues talking. And in verse 13, he says... Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And in essence, what Moses is telling God here, I don't have enough knowledge. I don't know who you are. And I am not educated. I don't know enough Bible. I don't know enough. I don't, I know, I don't have a business degree to start that business. I, 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 am not, I don't have the education I need to pursue the career that I feel that I'm being called to. And, and we question our qualifications. We question our knowledge. And we furthermore, we go on and, and Moses says in, in chapter 4 verse 1, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And again, Moses is basically saying, I do not believe I can fulfill this calling. So he questions his qualifications. He lacks the knowledge he feels that he needs. And he doesn't believe he can fulfill the calling or the mission. And God gives him some encouragement. And we get down to verse 10. And Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. Like, and now he's kind of thinking, maybe I'm pushing it now, right? Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Lord, you got the wrong guy. This is not my calling. You, you, you may, I think the GPS led you the wrong way. You got to the wrong bush. And yeah, it's amazing what you're doing with the bush. But you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. And once again, God encourages. And you would think that after four times that God is encouraging you, telling you that he's going to be with you, that he is going to put words in your mouth, that not to worry about any of that, because at the end of the day, I'm going to be with you. You would think that, okay, now I'm ready. But for the fifth time, Moses opens his mouth and says, pardon your servant. In verse 13, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Don't send me. 
Not only do I question my qualifications, not only do I lack the knowledge, not only do I not believe, not have faith that I can fulfill this, not only do I not believe this is my calling, at the end of the day, I don't want to do this. I don't. See, when God calls us to fulfill our purpose, many times our purpose will lead us into areas of discomfort in our lives. Many times, the purpose that God has called us to is not going to be something that you possibly had in mind. And it's not going to go the way you thought. I mean, when we, my wife and I, when we started this church, in our minds, we had this glorious picture of what this church was going to look like. And we believe God is still working on it and God is still doing it. But let me tell you, it hasn't gone exactly the way we drew it up. And you can talk to anyone that has tried to do something and that has, has gone after their purpose in God. And most times when you begin in one place, you end up in a completely different place not knowing how you got there. But all you know is that God was with you that whole moment, that whole time. And if it hadn't been for His grace in your life, you wouldn't be here today. And that's what Moses felt to realize that ever since he was born, God was with him. Since he was born, he should have died. Now he's 80 years old. I can't do this. And we say the same things Moses said. We question our qualifications. We don't believe we know enough of the things that we need to know. We, we lack faith in the calling that God has given us. We question whether or not God made a mistake in picking us. And at the end, we simply refuse the calling. And here's the discomfort. The discomfort comes from two places. It comes from others. The discomfort can come from other people. People will say things that are not true about you. People will criticize you, not even knowing you. And people will not understand you. And the moment that the light of God begins to shine in your life, you will make others uncomfortable. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I know you. Aren't you from Pleasant Grove? Aren't you from... And what are you trying to do? You're trying to start a non... Are you trying to start a church? You're, you're trying to... I know you. You were that kid in high school. You were that kid in that... And the, we allow that criticism. We allow that feedback to come into our lives. And the moment that God's light begins to shine in you, you will make other people uncomfortable around you. Because people can stand it when you're on their same level. But when you begin to be elevated by God, you quickly find out who are truly your friends. The discomfort comes from others and the discomfort comes from within us. We simply don't like the demands that God's calling puts on our lives. God, I want to serve you, but not like that. I mean, I'll come to church every Sunday, I will tithe, I will give my offerings, but that's about the extent of what I feel my calling should be. God, I want to serve you, but please don't make me poor. God, I want to serve you, but please don't send me to Africa. 
God, I want to serve you, but please don't make me give up my girlfriend or my boyfriend. God, I want to serve you, but please don't make me give up this addiction that I, that I hold dear to because it gives me happiness. God, I want to serve you, but it's got to be on my terms. We become uncomfortable by the calling of God in our lives. In the end, if we were to read the whole story, and I invite you, read Exodus. Read about Moses' life and, and how we can relate to him. But at the end, and, uh, Moses ended up following the call of God. Uh, there's, some, there's some crazy things that you'll read in, in chapter 3. God almost killed Moses, but his wife stepped in to save Moses. And Moses kept making excuses. I mean, uh, Moses was something else. Moses was something else. But in the end, he allowed himself to be used by God. In the end, he embraced the discomfort that he didn't want to embrace. And in the end, he brought the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt into the promised land where God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph, and Israel that I will give you this land. And his legacy was forever written as a man of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, we, we read about Moses and the writer of Hebrews mentions all the great things that Moses did. Not once does he mention how Moses started. Not once. And, and you got to understand that God doesn't care where you're at right now. God wants to know where you're going to be tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you begin. What matters is where you end. It doesn't matter where you are. It matters where you're going. God is calling you and me as a church. God's dreams for you are greater than anything, anything that you can dream up. Ephesians 3.20, now, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. He can do more than you can ask. He can do more than I can imagine. That puts some fear in me because I've imagined some great things about this church. I have asked for some great things about this church. And just to read this and it reminds me, no, 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 Daniel, you fall really short of, God, of what God wants to do in your life. All you got to do is be willing to go where God calls you. All you got to be willing to do is get uncomfortable at times. All you got to be willing to do is embrace the discomfort no matter how much suffering, no matter how much pain you may have at that moment. Because God has something much greater for you. God's calling may be uncomfortable, but embracing that discomfort will lead us to our purpose in life. So how do we do this? I'm going to give you three quick things. If you're taking notes, great. If you're not, you can take a picture of up here. If you're going to fulfill your calling, if you're going to fulfill your calling, you must develop the gifts God gave you. These young people that are singing, they're learning, they're developing what God has given them. We can't just sit on our talent and, and just be glad with what we got. We got to work. 
And we got to approach the things that God has given us. Every week I work at what God tells me to do. And I, and I, I take, I, I take a, cer- a, a certain measure of, of care with what I prepare to bring on Sundays. Because even though I know God has deposited something in me, I can't just leave it like that. God has given me the talent. Now it's up to me to take it to where God wants me to go. And there's young people here. They are musicians. They're very technologically, they're very technologically savvy or they know a lot more than I do about certain things. We need you to fulfill the call that God is putting you. Develop it. Work at it. Don't stay behind. Come to church every Sunday. You never know when your number will be called. Many of the times that I will tell you, many of the, God, the, the, the doors that God has opened in my life hasn't been because I was so qualified. It's just because I was present. I was the only one there. And they said, well, you, Brother Daniel, you can do it. I can. <laughs> I guess. And we struggled. We made mistakes. There were moments where we were, we were brought into the office and we wish we hadn't been taken into the office. But we learned. And we developed. And we grew. The second thing that if you're going to fulfill your calling, you must refuse to be distracted. We live in a time of distraction. If God has called you to do something, what are you doing towards that calling in your life? Are you spending time seeking Him? Are you spending time searching the Scriptures? Are you spending time searching social media? You knew that was coming, right? Or are you spending time with those apps on your phone that before you know it, an hour has passed by? You have to refuse... We can get so sidetracked, and it's not just technology. It can be our career. It can be uh, the sports that our, we want our kids to play. It can be a multiple amount of things that distract us and, and pull us from God. But you will never fulfill your purpose in life if you keep wasting your days. If you're going to fulfill your calling, number three, if you're going to fulfill your calling, You must give God your very best. You know what your very best is. Have you ever gotten home and your kids, I don't know, you know, I think it was a great thing. Most kids here will not agree with me, but Skyward was one of the greatest things ever invented. Amen. We get home, we decide to check the grades, and... We see grades that don't make us very happy. So we know that there's a moment of reckoning is coming. And we sit down with our kids and and we honestly ask them, did you really give the best that you could give? And most of the time, actually, I'll say 100% of the time, the answer is no. I didn't. See, God knows when you give your best. Just like us parents, we know when you give your best, kids. <laughs> we know. We know. Thank you. <laughs> it 
it's true. God knows. God knows. He knows that when you come to church, whether or not you came with a heart that was open to worship him. He knows that when you come to church and you, you receive, we receive our offerings and our tithes and you drop that envelope, he knows whether or not that was the first or, the, or whether or not that was the leftovers. He knows whether or not when you don't come to church, whether or not you had a valid reason to not make some time to spend time with him. Because you come to church, it's, it's not for me. It's not to, to make me happy. It's not to give Brother JC and the rest of the crew here, it's not to give them an audience. It's a time for you to connect with God. And God knows when you give your very best. I'm going to ask you to stand. We, many times, we can come up with so many excuses to avoid the call of God in our lives. I'm not ready. We sound like those, that newlywed couple, right? Well, we're not ready to have a baby yet. You know, we got to get financially ready. We have to do certain things. We want to travel a little bit. We want to we wanna accomplish God's will in our life before the baby. But then what happens? They have a baby, and even though they weren't ready, things work out. Right? The baby's not taken to the fire station. The baby is, it's all over Facebook. They're proud of the baby. I wasn't ready. And see, many a times we approach God in the same manner. I'm not ready, Lord. God is not waiting for you to have more resources. He is who provides the resource. He is the source of everything you need to fulfill the calling in your life. He can use you today. Stop waiting on the circumstance to be perfect. God's calling may be uncomfortable, but embracing the discomfort will lead us to our purpose. I want to leave you with this thought. If you want to live a comfortable life, if that's your whole goal in life, I want to be comfortable. I don't want anything to bother me. If you want to live a comfortable life, make sure, listen, make sure you never love anyone. Make sure you never sacrifice. And above all, make sure you're very selfish. Because loving people will lead to discomfort. Being unselfish will move you to discomfort. Being generous will make you readjust your budget. It doesn't matter where you are today. What matters is where you're going. And we need to be like the John the Baptist. John the Baptist's ministry was drawing tons of people. I mean, people were flocking to him. He was baptizing. I mean, this was the early mega church. This was the church on fire and John the Baptist was preaching and he had some good preaching and he would tell them that you're going to, you're, you need to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. Then all of a sudden Jesus appears on the scene and John the Baptist continues doing his ministry. But the disciples of John the Baptist come to John and say, hey, you know what? Your cousin over there, he's baptizing people and guess what? He's having more crowds than we're having we should do something about it. 
John says, no, no. It is necessary for me to decrease in order for him to increase. And when it comes to the calling of God in our lives, it is necessary for ourself, our desires to decrease, to empty ourselves out so that there can be more room for our God. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Father, I stand before your presence today and I think together as a church we stand before you convicted in our hearts of the way we've led our lives. We want to live comfortably. We want to live in a manner that pleases us. We want to live in a manner that brings joy to our hearts without taking into consideration the great calling that you've put upon us not only as individuals but as your body as your church today we repent and we ask you for forgiveness and we ask you lord that you would give us that burning bush experience that you gave moses and that you would solidify and confirm the calling upon our lives lead us to that discomfort and as long as you go with us lord we will go wherever you send us as long as we know that you are leading us as long as we know god that your spirit is walking with us lord we will go to the ends of the earth and preach this gospel and we will believe lord in the gospel we will believe in the saving power of your blood we will believe in you jesus Help us, Lord, to fulfill this call in our lives.